Area 941 podcast are produced and distributed by Community Powered 94.1 KPFA Radio. Please help support Area 941 at kpfa.org. Listening to Arabiyat with Linda and Suraya. I'm Linda Khouri. And I'm Suraya Al Alawi. And welcome. This is Arabiyat, the first episode. Um, and we'd like to explain what Arabiyat means. We struggle to find a name that would be reflective and appropriate for this podcast uh, that we're trying to, you know, start up. Um, and Arabiyat seemed to be the most reflective of who we are. We are two Arabiyat. Arabiyat in Arabic is like a colloquial way of saying Arab women. Uh, it's not necessarily grammatically correct, and not everyone in the Arabic region would use that term, but that's what we went with for now. Yeah, and, you know, may, that name may change in the future, but that's our name today. So we wanted to start this podcast because we think that although there are is a lot of information, a lot of resources for Arabs, for Middle Easterners out there. We first and foremost felt that, you know, the word Arab needed to be reclaimed by the second generation of Arabs in America. And we feel that we represent that. We represent a certain voice that really hasn't um, been broadcasted in the mainstream and may not be broadcast in the mainstream. But we thought that we wanted to put it out there, create a resource for Arabs in the community, in the world, in the diaspora, in the Middle East. Maybe people want to hear the voice of two women, you know, educated in both the Middle East and America and having very rich experiences that may benefit the world in some way, you know, or maybe at least just reach uh, our Arab audiences to help them understand a little more of who they are. So we'll be doing a variety of topics mm -hmm. from, you know, uh, politics, the usual, but we want to go beyond politics, you know, gender issues, food, um, even dancing, music. We want to showcase the beautiful music um, of the Arab world, of the Arab diaspora. You know, a lot of just different art is produced that is really not showcased and very rich and unique in its own way. And so... Um, you know, in general, I might be focusing more on like the politics, the current affairs, the news, and Suraya will probably be focusing a lot on culture and art, but we'll definitely both be doing both types of work on the show. Yeah, we just want to make ourselves and our communities proud of being Arab and not shy away from that. Um, and why don't you tell them a little like, why, why do we think Arab is a dirty word? Why, what do we, where do we get that well, idea? Well, I mean, Linda, I had told you that story. Yeah. Um, so before the days of Yelp, there was some website that I can't remember the name of, and it was a website you could visit to leave a review about a restaurant. And there, there had been, I had just moved to L.A., and there had been this place, this Lebanese place, um, that was pretty good, and I wanted to leave a review because, you know, helping out the community, you know, making them, uh, you know, get more customers. So I went on, and I in my review, I wrote something about Arab. I probably said, like, Arab food or Arab restaurant. And the website wouldn't let me submit that because they said that the word Arab was an offensive term. So I had to remove that and write something else. And I was super surprised because t 
to that point, I didn't know that Arab was a bad word in the U.S. at all. I mean, you know, when people say Arab, like that's definitely they say it in a, a kind of, you know, way that's meant to be. A, yeah, it's meant to be like a slur. So that was really surprising. And it's just the fact that people don't recognize that being Arab is nothing to be ashamed of. I'm, I'm talking about not necessarily Arabs. I'm just non-Arabs think that like the term Arab may be, may be like some offensive term. Or that they just associate it with a negative feeling. Right. Like that's, and that's really more really the issue, I think, is that the thing is, I haven't actually... So we should talk a little about ourselves. Like I think this is a good time to do that. Sure. I... Uh, my father's Palestinian. He was born in West Jerusalem and was internally displaced. Little history there. Eventually moved to the U.S. in when in his twenties. Um, he met my mom here. My mother is born in Amman, the capital of Jordan, and um, so she's Jordanian and moved here on a scholarship. She's a chemist. Um, met my dad here. Had me. So I'm born in the Bay Area, and you know, and in the Bay Area, there's a lot of diversity. So we definitely have a unique experience of being in a place where like diversity is accepted and actually embraced really more than the weirder you are, the better in this area, <laughs> you know. But despite that, I encountered not. Um, like racism in the traditional sense. I just encountered as I grew up a lot of ignorance and it made me like question my own identity and ignorance, innocent ignorance, like just not knowing what I am. Microaggressions, right? Yeah, or not even, it doesn't even have to be aggression. It's just pure confusion and misunderstanding of who I am. Like generally I have been... you know, because there's a lot of Latinos in the area, I'm automatically, and I'm sure you have experienced that you are automatically Latina. You're no, not actually. White, really? I never get no. I never oh, okay. get because you look Middle Eastern. I get Persian. Okay, so you get Persian, especially in LA. There's a lot of them. Yeah, in California, just 99% of the time, okay. Persian. That's closer to home. And that's fine. Latinos, totally, our cultures, we vibe each other. You know, family-oriented, excited, whatever, lots of downtrodden wars also, going lots on. Of, lots of Arabs in South America. Totally. Oh, yeah. And there's a huge population. It's the largest population of Palestinians outside of Palestine in Chile. Chile. Yeah. Right. But why I bring this up is that when I was young, you know, they're just like, oh, so this auto- people would speak to me in Spanish automatically. Uh, this is not a new story. Or people would just assume that I am. Or if they knew that I was Palestinian, they'd sometimes forget. And they would say, oh, wait, what are you again? Pakistani? Like, <laughs> I'd be like, no. And then, you know, how do you react to that? <laughs> like, it's like, no, we're totally different, actually. But like, you just think, you know, you have this image of like a bunch of brown people who like some of them wear turbans and all, all of a sudden were put in this one category mm-hmm. and I'm not even Muslim so there was that whole thing as well where it's like automatic assumption that I'm Muslim and then I get the automatic you know um, associations of what people think Islam and Muslims mm-hmm. are in this country so I kind of like inadvertently feel the effect of dim- discrimination against Muslims being an Arab so people really just don't understand what Arab is and I just feel like okay let me just try to contribute to that clarification of what Arab is mm-hmm. I do think that post 9-11 there's been more of a desire for people to know Arabs more yeah, like either true. maybe they're like more hostile to them maybe origin in, initially but now there's like more of an interest in Arabs they're like the the new like exotic thing that's cool right you know ethnically and, ambiguous like what are you yeah not like necessarily a bad thing but you know it's not it's, but it's we need to prob- exactly it's exotifying us yeah. and we're just people we just happen right. to be from a region of the world that you're yes. not familiar with and even if exotification is a glory, like when you're glorifying someone through exotifying them, mm-hmm. there are negative effects towards that person who it's kind of a little bit dehumanizing in the sense, but it's very subtle. So I think we want to explore stuff like like that, you know, exotifying Arabs without realizing it and right. other minorities as well. And I'm sure a lot of what we are going to talk about throughout these podcasts might apply to other second generation um 
people, Latinos, people of color, yeah. Anyway, yeah, especially people of color um, who have similar experiences yeah. to us. I just want to touch on something you brought up before, and this is something I uh, want to want to emphasize is that there most of the talk around Arabs has been around Islam. And it's beautiful. It's great. It's fine. And I love that there are avenues for Muslims to speak um, on themselves, their religion, to explain, to, you know, to introduce people to, to the religion, what have you. But the Arab world goes beyond just Islam, right? Islam is not, uh, is not an ethnicity. It's not an identity. I mean, it could be. But Islam is a religion, and it's shared by, like, billions of people across the world, like in China, in Southeast Asia, um, in America, in Europe, you know? So it's not, it's not like Arab equals Muslim. Arab equals a lot of different things, and that's what we want to explore. So this is not, you know, this is something that I kind of struggle to find is that a voice for Arabs and not, like, just a voice for Arab Muslims. Um, I want to be inclusive of all Arabs. And, of course, in this, like, you know, I hope Muslims will feel included. I'm a Muslim. And I guess, like, this I could speak on myself now. Um, I was – I'm actually not, uh, like, a traditional Arab American because I wasn't born here and I wasn't raised here. I moved here in 2006. Uh, I actually grew up in Lebanon, Beirut, and I was born in Syria to, to a Syrian family. And I moved here when there was a war – uh, between Israel and Lebanon in 2006. Uh, I don't know if some of you are familiar with that. I'm sure we'll explore it in, in, in a few episodes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was slightly traumatic. I tend to block most of it out. Uh, but that's what it is to be from the Middle East. So I grew up my whole life until I was 18 years old. And then I, um, I was shipped out. Literally, I was on a ship. Wow. <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, I was on a ship. And I left during the war. Um, and I came out here to, you know, to go to school. And I did. I lived in L.A. for a few years. Then I moved up to the Bay Area. Um, and now I'm here. And I've been here for like, wow, almost almost 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So it's coming up to nine years in August. Congratulations. Mabruk. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm actually, you know, a lot of people are curious about my accent, why I don't have an accented speech. Hmm. Um, and that's because I went to an American school. I watched American movies. I listened to American music. I had American Canadian teachers and I wanted to be American. I really did. Like I was, I grew up in the Arab world, hating being Arab, wanting to be American. And even though I'm Arab and I grew up in an Arab country, I still had a lot of like issues around my identity because I'm Syrian and I grew up in Lebanon where there was a lot of uh, prejudice against Syrians and also, I was a very Americanized Arab. So a lot of the older generation would make fun of me. So it's, it was a really tricky... It's, my identity feels really tricky, but I'm, I'm strongly Arab. I'm strongly Syrian, and I'm strongly Lebanese. And I think now that I live in the U.S., I identify less as an American. I feel like legally I will stand up to being an American because I feel like I have those rights, and I could use that to like benefit my community in some way. But... Like spiritually, emotionally, mentally, I don't feel very American, even though I'm very Americanized, like compared to other Arabs of the region. I'm super westernized. So, you know, there was some struggle there, but I feel like much more clarification now. Um, and I am legally an American. A lot of people are like, oh, so 
you're getting your green card. I'm like, no, how do you think I've been here for so long? Yeah. They well, actually, some people are here. Well, they wouldn't let years. a Syrian, you know, Syrian, right. Lebanese, Muslim. Arab, Can't be sneaking like, under the board, across the border. Right. On that they one. would yeah. not let me stay here this long, yeah. especially like I was like, had been politically active and stuff. They're not going to let no. me, you know, they don't want me no. here. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I mean. That's basically. So I feel like you just touched on so many like topics that we're gonna really have to discuss, and definitely one being that like the trust, like the um, collective trauma that Mm. so many collective and individual traumas that we carry as people from the Middle East. And and though I wasn't born there, we I really want to talk about how being raised with trauma. Like my father was deeply traumatized and probably continues to be in a very. You don't see when you someone's traumatized. Maybe it sounds like an extreme word. But it's something that you carry with a neurosis, cer- certain things that kind of become part of who you are because you're, you are raised in such a um, – and it, it affects different people in different ways and some not at all, maybe some much more strongly, maybe more sensitive ones. But being raised in occupied Palestine, first being you know internally displaced multiple times, unable to go back to your homeland, knowing now that you know your original neighborhoods don't exist, can't get Palestinian citizenship, there is no such thing as Palestinian citizenship. How does that affect a person and then how does that affect their office? offspring as well, who are then forced to cope with, okay, I am an Arab, I'm raised by Arabs, they speak Arabic to me, I travel to the Middle East all the time, and still defining that balance, like you said, between my American side and my Arab side. And then we should definitely, and we will be kind of defining what it means to be Arab and American. And I don't think we'll ever come up with a definitive, you know, Webster's like dictionary definition of what an Arab is, and that's what will make the conversation so fluid and interesting. So just to wrap up, we just want to clarify what this podcast intends to do. We intend to give a voice to Arabs, not just in our community here in Northern California, but in America in general, so Arab Americans, uh, but also Arabs in the diaspora, just Arabs in South America, Arabs in Europe, Arabs in Africa, and Arabs in the Middle East. And we really want to connect us because I feel like we're such a diverse group that sometimes it feels like, you know, we're not a a whole community. And that's really the way it is also in the Arab region. Like our countries, they tend to be, you know, not uh, backing each other up. We tend to be divided. Divided. Yeah, we're a very divisive community. So we just want to connect us and connect on being Arab and bringing out the pride of being Arab. And hopefully we'd love to learn new things about ourselves and about our community. And uh, hopefully you guys can learn something new too. And this is certainly a podcast for our community, but uh, you know we welcome others to listen. We'd love others to listen. But we're not here to educate um, people who are not Arab. We are here to just reinstill some pride in ourselves. I would add... And I slightly disagree on that. I do want to be instill pride. And actually in that process, we can we have to be also like internally critical of ourselves. Right. And I do want this is not a podcast just to say, hey, yeah, we're Arabs. That's awesome. I know that wasn't in your intention. I know. I know. I also just I just want to clarify it that I feel oftentimes it's easy for us within our countries and even in this country to fall victim to the things that happen. And there is so much that to complain about. There really is. And there's even more to complain about because internally we need to take responsibility for ourselves as a community, as individuals, and and be proactive in defining ourselves and also just be aware of the things that we do to ourselves that hold us back. Right. So, And I do want us to explore those issues. I agree. No, freely. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, like, in part of... Um, 
like finding pride in yourself is also being critical of yourself. Oh, definitely. You know, learning what's wrong and like trying to find out how to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, we definitely are going to cover those issues. And I agree with you. And I definitely want this to be for something where if you want to know what Arab is and you're not Arab, listen to real Arabs talking about Arabs and not some kind of secondary elitist, you know, something from the ivory tower where they're like observing Arabs from their Eurocentric right, perspective. academic. Like- yeah. And we will have academics on. Our first episode will have an academic. She's going to be an Arab academic. She's going to be talking about Arab Americans. So stay tuned. Yes, and we'd love your input and feedback and engagement. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not saying we're the end all be all of all things Arab. We're, you know, we're young and we only represent certain com- small communities. And, you know, we'd love to extend this beyond that. Um, so, yes, please share with us your thoughts and your ideas. Being Arab means a shared language. It also means being colonized and colonizing others. It means we are discriminated against over here and bombed over there. Although on most days, being Arab to me means minty, sugary tea, spicy rice with cool yogurt and debke. I think about the relaxing sounds of the Oud guitar and the music that creates. I think about heated, heated, heated political debates among one another, which shows that as a people we are, you know, our hearts and our minds are alive and well, our yearning for a democracy, our yearning for inclusion in, in, in a system um, that works is something that is important to us. I think about how fiercely we rush to claim you know, foods like hummus and shawarma and, you know, matlube and kanafe, and how we bicker about which country's people, um, you know, where it originated from. Being Arab is being proud of being Arab. Originally, I thought what made someone Arab was attributed to the foods, the traditions, the cultures associated with the Arab world. But After thinking about it some more, I've come to realize that those are more regional and nationalistic characteristics rather than Arab characteristics. So I suppose I view Arab or being Arab more as an ethnicity rather than a regional term. You were just listening to a collection of Arab voices from the community, and uh, we asked them to answer what do you define as Arab? What does being Arab mean to you, essentially? Um, be, and and that's to get to the heart of the sometimes controversial um, idea of what an Arab actually is, which is probably part of the conclu- uh, confusion about Arabness. Even Arabs themselves have difficulty agreeing on one word for Arab. And we really do need to do more of a historical session on where that word comes from. Mm-hmm. What does it even mean? You know, going to its roots. And we will. Just to initially kind of introduce this topic is that we want to explore what Arabness means historically and in a, in a modern sense. Um, and to all the different types of areas that exist. It is not a homogeneous population. It's heterogeneous, vastly diverse, uh, different opinions that exist about it um, and tied to like various 
um, aspects of like culture and self language, food. So we're going to get into that. But that's kind of what we wanted to bring to you in this introductory segment. Yeah. But, uh, Arab has been a touchy subject for some because uh, I recognize that there are some communities within Arab countries that don't self-identify as Arab and they have long been labeled as such and that's definitely a form of oppression and for example your home country Lebanon where you hear it the most right and right. you hear mo- a lot of Lebanese saying that but maybe you can elaborate well I mean I'm specifically referring to the way we try we tend to erase uh, ethnic communities by just calling them Arab when they actually have their own set of culture, their own language, their own practices. But even, even within Arabs who call themselves Arabs, we, we also have a different set of practices and cultures. But the thing that, I mean, academically what binds us, I guess, what people would, like the reason we're referred to as the Arab people is the language, the Arabic language, right? So, I mean, what do I have in common with someone from Somalia? Arabic. I can speak, I have a neighbor, she's from Somalia, and we have nothing in common, except she's Muslim, my family's Muslim, I'm, I don't practice Islam, but we have that, so that's the religion, but also she speaks Arabic, and we understand, we can speak in Arabic to each other, we understand each other very well. How um, different is the dialect? You know, she, she lived in Syria for a little bit, so I think she can, she can switch, mm. she, she switches, <laughs> she switches so I can understand her. So I'm not actually quite sure um, how like Somali Arabic would sound. Mm. Because she adapts for me. Um, Which is a common thing for North Africans to do, to adapt to the kind of the uh, Levant. Levant, you know? Yeah, you know, because it, because Lebanon and Lebanon especially is where most of the media has been coming out, right? So all the television shows, all the talk shows, even though Egypt... So before like 19... Before the 2000s, really, Egypt was the dominant like media space. It was where all the movies came out all the TV talk shows, all of that stuff. And the Egyptian accent was the most commonly recognized one. So if you wanted to communicate, I mean, I guess you could communicate with the, in the Egyptian accent, even though I sometimes don't understand what they're saying. Yeah, um, very but unique. But now, now Lebanese and Syrian have been like the common accents that people tend to understand. So I meet a lot of Arabs. So I met a Moroccan once. He's like, I can understand you, but you're not going to understand me. He's like, I understand you perfectly, but you're real not going to understand real me. Real talk, real talk. And Moroccans are especially tricky because they mix No, they French really don't even barely speak and Arabic. Amazigh, and it's like yeah. so confusing. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, you know, something I do know is that Arab is not a race. A lot That's of people sure. think, I mean, when you come to the U.S., you, the U.S. racial, uh, like racial, um, the racial strata of the U.S. is very different from what it is in the Arab world or the rest of the world even, right? So you have, like, you're black, you're white, you're, like, Hispanic, right? That's the... that's the um, Which isn't even a race, but... Right. Yeah. Um, but, e- but even on the Hispanic, you're Hispanic white or you're Hispanic mm-hmm. brown, basically. Um, you're Asian, <clears throat> which, you know, is tricky because we're Asian. Mm-hmm. I like to sometimes be, like, you know... Just a little bit. <laughs> I, I like, yeah, I like to. I like to just write West Asian. Like yeah. I put other, and I'll put West Asian. Yeah, because you know, they, in the census here in the U.S., uh, Middle Easterners are are labeled as Caucasian. We'll get into that in our yeah. Arab American segment. But yeah, so we are Asian, and but that's also not how it's defined racially in the U.S. We wouldn't be considered Asian, right? We're not Indian. We're not uh, like Chinese. So you know, we're not labeled as such. So and because that region has had so much history and a lot of different people have been through it. You know, like 
I know like the Levant has had like the Persian Empire, the Byzantine Empire, the Ottoman Empire, and like Roman Empire. Multiple colonial entities coming through left and right. So we are like really a mixture. So racially, we're not like Arab is not a race. So that's why I want to explore. We want to explore then what is Arab? Is it just a common language? But it's an ethnic group. Because Arab is not a race, it's definitely an ethnicity. But even within that ethnic group, it is so diverse that you, that one Arab could be unrecognizable from the next. Right. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> you know, you want to hear something funny? Mm-hmm. My dad, one time we were at Macy's in L.A. And uh, there was this guy. He was like the he was the. He was like helping us out in the suits department. And my dad was just telling my mom, he's like, he's Arab. And I'm like, how do you know? He's like, it's in his eyes. You could mm-hmm. tell from his eyes. And mm-hmm. then he asked him and it turns out he was Egyptian. That's funny. And I'm like, how do you know? And I'm starting to like try to look at people. Vibe. But vibe it's, only, it's only easy to tell if they're Arab who grew up in the Middle East. There's mm-hmm. like a look in people's eyes who grew up yeah. in the Middle East. It's very different. But if you're like a westernized. They've seen War Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing we've all seen. That's true. It's true. Yeah. You know, there's something in the yeah. eyes, right? Even and his eyes were green, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like there were brown eyes, mm-hmm. right? So we come, we come in all different colors, shapes, sizes, like religions, political beliefs, everything. everything. Yeah. So that's sexualities. Why, okay, we've got to get into that. I mean, of course. Let's. We're going to talk about that. Stay tuned <laughs> because we're not going to hide from that topic. No, of course not. Yeah. Of course not. We're not going to shy away from anything that other like traditionally Arabs have shied away from. Right. We're not going to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. yeah, I mean, defining Arab is really tricky. We're going to we're going to we're going to stick to whoever self-identifies as Arab. And, okay. you know, if someone doesn't identify as Arab, we're not going to give them beef. Because um, it's not our place, even though for some people who grew up in the U.S. and are very Arab, have Arab parents who speak Arabic you know, generations of fa- like ge- their generations back, you know, lived in whatever country in the Arab world, but come here and they're like, no, I'm white. I'm American. Like you can identify as American, but they completely. That's erase- funny. I actually have never had that experience, though. What You have definitely had this experience clearly because you're talking about it. I think it's more because I have come across some Lebanese. It's people. the Lebanese. And that's what I want to talk about earlier is just that that's a unique case right there because you were talking about people who are categorized as Arab when we talked about the complexities of Arabs, you were talking, you were referring to, um, and something that I don't hear about a lot, but definitely we should explore, which is kind of like these ethnic groups that exist in the Arab world, which are not Arab, but they're just kind of subsumed in the Arab right. um, like identity the Kurdish category. Yeah, the Kurdish. People, the Armenians yeah. in Lebanon. The Amazigh, even more, right. you know, these others. But then there's the groups which really they speak Arabic, you know, they're just in the heart of the Arab world. And and really there's just mainly one group that kind of super denies their like eth- eth- Arab ethnic heritage. Um, and we'll go into the history of that and why that that exists, you know, and it's, it's an interesting one. But that really within Lebanon, there is there are these a small group, generally Christian Maronites that really just want to distance themselves as far away as possible in Arab. And really, they believe in their heart that they are not Arab, though their families speak Arabic, which is really weird. But, you know, I mean, in my opinion, from the Palestinian perspective, I get that they want to identify with like their early ancestors, the Phoenicians, and kind of just skip the part where Islam comes into their country and like forces them to speak Arabic and Islam kind of becomes the majority of the country. It's an interesting topic. We want to explore. Yeah, that. I mean that's. I mean, and yeah. that's why we're saying like Arab is hard to define because, you know, is it is it the commonality of the Arabic language that makes you Arab, right? So, you know, let us know what you think. 
I don't know. Uh, you know, I think this is something I'm also still working with. I think this is something we'll continuously work on. I don't you know, think there's one answer, really. Yeah, is Arab like a political term to like you know put us all to like define a region, or is it something we've taken up for pride? Right, there was like the whole like national Arab pride that came up in the 40s and the 50s. Um, that's, nationalism. that's since been abandoned, to be honest. The project, yes, Kamal Abdel Nasser's project of Arab nationalism is completely yeah. dead yes. at the moment, yes. unfortunately. Yes, RIP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, please be patient with us. Uh, I, we realize, like, a lot of this stuff we're going to be talking about is tricky. Some might find offense with it. Um, you know, but we're going to be doing our best to be sensitive to, you know, people's identities whatever people are going through. Uh, but we're also going to just be ourselves and be honest with our experiences and hopefully bring to light some issues and some people that uh, may that you have not uh, come across before. So and maybe things you've had on your mind, you haven't been able to articulate confusions. And we're going to explore those things because yeah. that's just something we need to do. And it's something that's lacking. Um, and we hope to do a good job at simply exploring the unknown and the unspoken and whatever it is. So thank you for listening to us and tune in next time. Peace. You're listening to Arabiyat with Linda and Suraya. Ma'asalama. Thank you for listening to Arabiyat. Our theme song has been by Muqata'a. The track is called Ahiyat. You can follow him on soundcloud.com slash B-O-I-K-U-T-T. And please drop us a line at our email, arabiyat.podcast at gmail.com. That's A-R-A-B-I-Y-A-A-T dot podcast at gmail.com. Just let us know if you have any questions, if you have any comments. We'd love to hear from you.